0: Hi everyone, my name is Aaron and I am a tech lead here from the UK and welcome to this episode of the Tech Leadership Decoded podcast. The podcast where through conversations we unravel the intricacies of leadership in the tech industry and provide insights on how to become a top performing leader. Today we have a great conversation with Sade turner answering the question What is diversity and inclusion? D&I for short. I hope you enjoy this conversation and if you like it please remember to subscribe to this podcast on your favourite player stay tuned for more upcoming episodes. And if you're a tech leader and would like to come and have a conversation with me about a subject you're passionate about, please email me via contact at techleadershipdecoder.com. And with that, let's get straight into today's conversation. Welcome to today's episode. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, all good. All good. Yeah, really good day working at home today. Um, So yeah, a (laughs) little more productive, I would say. But yeah, just getting getting through some admin.
0: Brilliant. Now, today we're going to be talking about diversity and inclusion, and I'm intrigued by this, um, and it's a topic that has been coming up a lot, I think, especially for the companies I've been working for the last few years, it's definitely like there's training that's starting to come around this area now, which never mm-hmm. happened before. So I thought I'd reach out to you to see if you could come on and really talk about what that means and what that means for people in a leadership role and what we can do to obviously help in this area. But before we dive into the questions, do you just want to introduce yourself and talk about your experience and how diversity and inclusion is important to you?
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, my name's Sharday and I am a tech recruiter based in London. Uh, we mainly work actually with German-based companies, but of course uh, also in London as well. It pretty really depends on, on what the market is. Um, and yeah, so I've been in tech recruitment for the last four years. Um, I would probably argue, like many graduates, uh, came out of university, um, had no clue what I wanted to do. Uh, my studies philosophy, actually, which is very, very different to tech recruitment. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> I studied that. Um, my nan honestly thought I was going to become a priest. And I had to politely tell her nan, that's not what philosophy is. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of fell into recruitment. And I think tech recruitment was something or tech in general was always something that I was always quite interested in. I think tech's ever-changing. There's so much going on. Um, it's just a really exciting space to be in. So, yeah, I was really grateful for the opportunity to, to be at Impala, which is a startup. Um, and, yeah, I've been in the space for nearly four years, and it's really, really exciting. Gone through the pandemic, which, like many people, was a struggle in itself. Mm. But, yeah, I think it's been really good to work throughout different periods. And, yeah, I think very recently got really, really uh, – I mean, I've always been interested in the kind of D&I aspect. I went to an all-girls school. Um, all girls high school. So mm-hmm. it was actually quite an interesting experience because up until maybe 16, 17, I'd not known any different. It was, so, there was girls everywhere. Our teachers were all female. The head teacher was female. There was no men anywhere. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> uh, stepped into the working world and it was almost the opposite, especially in tech and recruitment. Yeah. There are a lot more men than what they are females. And to do really well in this space, you have to you have to have a voice and you can't get lost in everything. So yeah, it was I think D and I became a lot more apparent when I kind of stepped into the working world, especially in tech, I'm sure we'll get into it, but the numbers for women are very low. So yeah, I've always been quite interested in in how I can use my voice and an industry to get more women in the tech space, especially at leadership level, because I think that's where we're going wrong for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I guess let's start right at the beginning. Yeah. What is diversity and inclusion in gen- like what is how do we define that? What does yeah. that mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think really good question, actually. And, and from my podcast and from my, doing my research, it's very different for everyone. Um, and I think often I find that we do look at DNI very narrowly. But for me, I think you know a DNI uh, environment is having one or having people from all backgrounds, all perspectives. Uh, like I said, I think we look at DNI as men and women. And I think for me, it's that's okay. And I think in tech, that is what it is, right? I think in the tech space, I think women make up twenty percent of of the tech world uh, in the UK. And I think 0.7% of of women, of those women are black. So it's even, you know, when you actually get into the nitty gritty of everything, the numbers get lower and lower as you get more into detail. Um, But, yeah, I think it's more than just having, you know, more more women in the space. It's about different perspectives, different educational backgrounds, different cultures. Um, And I think bringing all those people together to really build the best product, build the best tech team. Um, that's what, Mm. that's what I think it really is. It's not just about male and females, whilst it is a a very much that it's a lot
0: more than that. I would say. Yeah, no, I totally, totally get what you're saying. I think it sounds like a silly question, a silly question to ask, um, but why is it crucial? Do you think for organizations to prioritize, you know, DNI in their recruitment process?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think there are various reasons as to why I think it's important. But I think it goes back to that diverse perspective. I think it allows different viewpoints to come into to come into play and everything. It allows mm-hmm. you to attract top talent, build products that can cater to a different audience. You know, just by having different people, you can do so many different things. Uh, and I actually read in an article, I think diverse teams do a lot better in, in terms of success than teams that are not diverse mm-hmm. um, for various reasons. But I think it's really crucial when it comes to just doing a lot more and, and having different perspectives involved. Um, you know, when you go out to dinner with a group of friends and you're, you're, you're all put the same restaurant because you're all from the same group of friends and the same sort of people, uh, whereby having different people with different backgrounds enable you to kind of build build better products, I would say for
0: sure. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, just thinking on that, because what I'm trying to be careful of is that obviously I, in diversity and inclusion, from my understanding from the training yeah. I had literally in this year, I am very much on the privileged end of the spectrum because I am, you know, typical white man, middle aged, grew up in London, in the UK. So I basically have almost as much as you can get in terms of privilege. <laughs> so I have to, I when I think of these questions, I generally try and think, am I asking the right question or am I biased in myself on it? So, <laughs> so bear with me as I think through some of these. No,
1: no, there's but, many, um, all wrong way, I would say. And that's what I've learned <laughs> from, from this. <laughs>
0: yeah what is the challenges that people and individuals have and groups of people have when pursuing roles in not obviously we're going to focus on tech industry and obviously this applies across the board but what is the general the barriers that you think they come against yeah when we're hiring
1: yeah yeah so I think I think a lot of it comes from a lack of representation, I think, you uh-huh. know, for, for me as well, you know, let's be honest, I'm a, I'm a black woman of colour. Um, So <laughs> I, I guess you were saying that you were, you know, in terms of privilege, you are up there, I think, you know, you could maybe argue the opposite for myself. Um, Not in that way. But you know, I am in that minority uh-huh. group. Um, And I think often underrepresented groups such as women, such as ethnic minorities, Um, They don't see enough people like them in the workplace. Um, And I think, especially in the tech world, especially in leadership roles, um, and I think that's really hard because it can lead them to feel quite isolated and make it hard for them to kind of find role models or mentors who share similar experiences. Um, It might not be seen as a bad thing. I think for me, I always looked for mentors who were different from me, who were in a life that I wanted to be in, um, who were Mm -hmm. in places that I wanted to get. So I think it's not a bad thing, but it can be quite hard to see yourself in those roles. So I think that's one thing. Um, I think Mm -hmm. access is important as well. I think a lot of underrepresented groups do not have access to the same opportunities, whether that's education, um, networking events, you know, career development programs. I mean, I remember looking to get into all the graduate programs, you know, that will, you know all from the big names, and of course, then you know they don't look at not people like me, but you know, you know that you get what I'm saying. So I think you know there's limited access for those groups to get to where they need to get to, or to get there where they want to be. Um, and I think as well, you could maybe argue certain stereotypes, certain prejudice, make it really hard for hiring managers to see these people in those roles, which make it harder for us to get there. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think as well, you know, it's really hard to not talk about challenges without talking about bias. Um, I think, like I said, right, discrimination does come into play when you think about underrepresented groups, um, stereotypes, mm-hmm. perception. Um, like I said, it makes it really hard for hiring managers to see those people in those roles. Um, then when you get there, it then makes it harder for those people to see you in promotion roles or you know leadership roles. So I think the bias is, is, is kind of everywhere in that. Um, but I think it's often quite hard for, I guess, for barriers to be broken down if hiring managers do not see people that are different in those sort of roles. So I think there are various challenges, but I think those are a few which I've seen. Um, and even, you know, in my role helping engineers, you know, Move to different companies. I see it all the time, um, so I've seen it firsthand. I guess from my own experience, but also um, where I am. Uh, but it's not in every company, right? I think I'm really lucky where I work that I'm in. I'm the most senior person in the team, and I think that for me speaks volumes. Because I think as a woman of color, you know, you don't see that often. So I think it's not in every company that you see this, but in 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 a few companies. And speaking with friends, it is it is a common experience
0: for ethnic minorities or minorities in general. At the moment we're we're hiring our company, for example, and you are, as you said, helping recruit individuals for other companies. What can we do when looking for new hires to reach a more diverse pool of people? Um, because obviously if I go onto my LinkedIn and I just search, I'm probably gonna only get a, a very narrow view of, of the world. And if I do the same on Twitter or Facebook when I'm looking for jobs and so, what can we do to help find more diversity in our hiring processes? Do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think this is a it's it's a really interesting question there because I think me in my job as well, I've done the same. So I was actually working with a company and they said to me, "We have a we have an engineering team full of males. How can how can you help me find more mm-hmm. females?" So I've been there and I've seen how you can do it. So I think, I think firstly you have to really set out some clear goals. I think set the clear DNI goals mm-hmm. which you want to achieve. Um, because otherwise, what you're doing, you could be working against what you actually do want to get to in the end. So I think having those goals in place, um, it may include setting targets for hiring diverse candidates, promoting diverse talent. Um, so it may be the case your goal is to hire more females. So set that as your goal and look at ways you can achieve that. Um, and I think you then have to be intentional about that as well. Um, you can't do it half You have to kind of go at it full force and really be intentional about making these goals a priority. Um, I think that's one place to start for sure. Set the goals and see what you want to actually do and mm-hmm. how. what diversity do you want to include in your team? You know, maybe more females, more cultures, whatever the case. Um, I don't think ways you can actually do that is diversifying your hiring practice. So it could be ensuring your job descriptions are a lot more inclusive. So using gender-neutral mm-hmm. language. Um, or using language doesn't, I guess, cater to one group. Um, I mean, we've seen it quite a lot, right? We want ambitious, hungry, career-driven, you know, those things all apply to to both genders, but often that ambitious, eager, you know, confident, it does tend to to kind of suit males more, let's say. So having, I guess, language, which which is a lot more inclusive, um, I think really helps. I think ensuring that your interview panel is diverse as well, or is a lot more inclusive, um, and involves different mm-hmm. people from different walks of life, that really helps. Because like I said, um, when hiring, it's not just about what what you're doing, it's about do people want to join your company as well? Um, so I think having people from different walks of life on that interview panel allows people from diverse backgrounds to kind of see themselves in that role as well. Um, I think you mentioned a, a bit about at the beginning, right? Training. Um, And I think training is something which is a lot more popular now, like you said. Um, And I think we have Mm -hmm. to keep going with that. I think bias trainings is really important because you could do all that work to attract that new diverse talent and you can get them involved in your interview process. But if the bias within your internal hiring team isn't addressed, you you will kind of go back to square one because the changes that you've made, say, to kind of bring more women to the hiring manager... Um, if his biases are still in his head, he will just reject them. So there has to be a lot more training to raise awareness of bias and I guess equip the team to really mitigate bias in the decision process and in the decision making. Um, because otherwise, like I said, you'll be back to square one. I think as well, right, those are a few things which I think are a lot more practical. Um, and I think hiring is one thing which is really important, but retaining that talent is equally as important. So when those yeah. people join in your team, um, you have to make sure they're welcome. The environment is inclusive. So having ERG groups or you know mentorship and sponsorship programs, whereby people can connect with others like them and really kind of stay in that company. So I think hiring is important, but making sure that the team is 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 kind of set and 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 quick to have that diverse team is is very important as
0: well. Yeah. No. What well, that was going to be my next question as well, which is like now that we've managed to successfully hire yeah. <laughs> a range of individuals you know how how do we make our environments more inclusive Um, and I know you've mentioned a couple of there but do you want to go into a bit more detail of like what, what that group is that you mentioned before and how what those kind of things how they work or how you'd even go about setting these kind of things up yeah. if you have any ideas around that yeah
1: definitely definitely so I think like you mentioned right D&I and you know the the kind of inclusive environment is so much more than hiring you know once you've got them there how can mm-hmm. you keep them there um, so I think ERG groups is, is one way of just, it's really beneficial, right? Because I think it provides impact outside of that hiring process. Um, I think it provides a space for networking, support, community building. It, I guess it cre- creates like a space whereby people can come together in the same group that can share their same challenges because some people may find it hard to express their challenges to someone who is very different or won't see that. Um, so yeah, having a space whereby individuals who are very similar and share the same challenges can come together is really important. So those groups are are really beneficial. Um, I think as well, having benefits for different individuals uh, and different kind of employee benefits are really important. Um, You know, not all benefits Mm -hmm. are gonna cater to the same group. Um, So I think having, I guess, not individual benefits because every individual is very different but having more inclusive benefits um, so employees can kind of feel supported and valued um, such as you know, flexible parental leave or flexible working arrangements. Those things. And I think one thing which I'm really, really passionate about, and I think one one reason why I think it's really important is DNI isn't just a one day thing. It's not just in the hiring process. I mm-hmm. think DNI has to be celebrated all year round. So it's not just International Women's Day. <laughs> you know, organize events that you know promote cultural awareness, such as you know lunch and learn or you know breakfast, you know breakfast and bite, whatever the case may be. -hmm. Guest speaker series. I think there's so much things we can do all year round. And equally, right, I hate to say it, but it's not just the diverse group's job to do this. It's not just the women that have to kind of speak up for other women. It should be everyone getting involved and creating that environment whereby everyone can feel really welcome.
0: Yeah, we used to, uh, a company that I worked in in the past, which was a relatively big company, they, the company paid for, I think it was once a month every Friday. It's just one of the things they did. They had like a a bot or something that would randomly pick six people in the company at any level, anywhere across the business, and you'd have to go and have lunch together. And it was a way to like, just bridge everyone together. So it was like cross departments, you know, and diversity as well. So I thought, I think that's a very, I think that's a nice way to, to do it. I'm not saying it's the only way I'm just saying it's just one, one experience I've had that I thought was very nice. Yeah. Um, Because one thing that's interesting is obviously this podcast is more focused on tech leadership so how we can what we can do in leadership to make this better um but definitely going through my mind at the moment is I just had a podcast a couple of episodes about about focusing on the growth of your individuals in your team make strong teams yeah so now immediately my brain is thinking okay I've I've now, got a team of diverse people that have have experiences and backgrounds I am not familiar with, or might not have the same experience. How, as a leader, do I break down, or become familiar with the those challenges, so that I am able to help them in if they do come to me with a kind of life issue or a another area that's coaching that they need that is not necessarily tech related, which is a big part of being a mm. manager or leader. Like, I'm just trying to think what we can do there. <laughs> we yeah. might not have the answer, but. <laughs> no, no,
1: I mean, of course, I, I must admit, right? I'm not um, a DNI expert, nor am I, you know, um, yeah. any, any expert yeah. in general. I think I can just share from my own experience and, and kind of what I've seen other companies do really well at.
0: Yeah, I think that's um, all, we, all we can ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I, I think one thing I think my, I have to kind of commend my my company now and my, my bosses. I think they've created such a, a safe environment whereby anyone from any walk of life really, was really comfortable coming to them. And I think that's what leaders mm-hmm. can really do. I think having that safe environment whereby even if that person doesn't actually come and speak to you but they feel they can, that's what's really important. So I think creating that safe environment um, whereby we, you, know, you can feel comfortable speaking up, sharing ideas, um, expressing concerns without any kind of fear of judgment. I think that's really important. Um, but equally, right, it could be the case you are not equipped to deal with that or you do not feel equipped. Um, it could be the case you know someone that shares a similar experience, you know, even just connecting those people together. Mm-hmm. um for example, my my bosses did it really well. they um they connected me with other women in the recruitment industry because of course they're not women. <laughs> so they they may be challenged right the <laughs> my bosses um. Do not understand or to have not been through but having a really good network of other individuals that share that could share similar experiences and being open to connecting them you know right because like i said you might not be equipped to deal with everything and you shouldn't be mm-hmm. you know you're not this is not you know um not everyone <laughs> knows everything um but being open yeah. and, you know Knowing other people is really important as well. I think
0: definitely what you say there is definitely a a great avenue to go down of just making sure that as a leader you are you have a diverse pool of people that you have access to that yeah. you can also give them access to whether that's in the company or as you say as your wider network. I have noticed in teams that I've worked in the past that, and I think this is a skill that I think is important, and this is less of a question and more of like a a topic is that I generally believe that. A diverse team from you know male female race age whatever I think brings so much different experiences to problem solving
1: mm. That
0: I generally love having conversations where there's multiple people in the room because you just 100% are going to come up with so many different ideas and different approaches to problems um, that it kind of almost saddens me that people don't realize that They're not allowing that to happen through their own bias of not hiring in this way. Based on your area of knowledge at the moment, do you know any companies that have like made radical changes? Because I've seen a lot on LinkedIn and like the news and stuff like that of like companies that are really pushing towards diversity inclusion and then there's always studies from different locations of like did it work did it not work things like that i've only seen positive have you seen anything that's trying to be negative around that area and and do you think it is something that will creep into the thought process of people in leadership that are trying to make these choices um for example i'll give you an example that might not be relevant but the three-day week thing that's happening. Yeah. There's a conversation around people going three-day week. And we're having a lot of conversations around whether we should do that or not. And then we've had p- companies to go out there and do it. And now we've got companies that are trying to pull people back and are trying to make up excuses for why it doesn't work or it does work. And I'm worried from what I've seen online that we've got the same kind of arguments happening with diversity inclusion. And trying to be sensitive to that, to that side of the argument that's happening of because I don't believe it for one bit but I'm just trying to think of the right question to ask (laughs) so I mean
1: I guess to Um, be fair I've not seen any negative come from having a mm -hmm. more diverse team to be completely honest I've not seen any team that have changed their team or made it more diverse and thought we shouldn't have never done that you know I think like you said it It brings a difference of perspectives. um, It gives a difference of viewpoints. And I think, like you said, it allows problems to be solved a lot quicker. Um, You could have a group Mm -hmm. of people that have now, you've got a group of people, right, that have someone in that team that's actually been through this already. Um, So now you're Mm -hmm. well-equipped to do whatever that may be. (laughs) So I think they can offer help. um, They can offer, you know, different um, scenarios, uh, solutions. So, yeah, I I think, you know, when it comes to making change, I don't think you'd make the change if you thought it was going to, do any bad you know so i think the changes i've seen Mm. on the diversity side i i've only seen nothing but good come from this so yeah i don't think so (laughs) from my experience anyway
0: maybe maybe that's um a bit of diversity inclusion literally right there is that obviously some social algorithm somewhere are showing me a certain viewpoint of the world and it's not diversity enough for me to get a bigger picture (laughs) so i definitely need to get on linkedin and add some more people (laughs) I assume (laughs) or or likes and different yeah
1: yeah I think everyone's experience and everyone's I mean if you're if you were to scroll on my social media and and I was scrolling yours we'd be like what the hell right so everyone's viewpoint is very different so yeah I think it's just about being open and and learning about other things and and, and actually being like I said open to seeing the world in a different way I think that's where we're Mm -hmm. going where I think we can go to
0: do better okay let me let me bring it back to positivity. Um, <laughs> I am an individual, I am, I can be either a leader or a personal contributor. Um, I am of a demographic that is not, you know, as privileged as another and I'm now looking for a job. What can I do to help in that scenario? Because I know, I always like to think there's two sides to every, every story and every situation. So if I'm out there actively looking looking for hiring what can you do as an individual that can help get your get you in front of me as well I guess is the the other side of that coin
1: yeah yeah so I think I think it for me personally I think it definitely comes back to networking I think you know, whether you're uh-huh. from a diverse group or not, you have to be open to meeting new people. Um uh-huh. I think I'll be honest, I think LinkedIn and job boards and you know the normal way we'd normally do things <laughs> is is very saturated right now. You know, we've seen so many layoffs happen at the large companies like Facebook, met you know, um Zoom, you know, Microsoft, all those large companies that are having layoffs. Where are those people? They're they're searching on LinkedIn, you know, they're they're everywhere. Um, <laughs> So I think yeah. you have to be open to find something in a different way. It could be the case you have a friend who knows a friend who knows a friend. You know, my my parents always said you know it's 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 what is it we saying again? It's who you know not what you know. So yeah, I think it's it's mm-hmm. all about being open to networking in circles that are different to yours. I would say. Um, so yeah, I think networking, if you're struggling, you know, whether diverse or not, is is definitely the key to to finding something or finding someone. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I'm a big advocate for um, like tech meetups and things like that. Um, I always tell all my developers, um, just go, go to network. Even if you're not necessarily going to stay for the whole thing, just go and have a chat, go and see what's going on. And one of the big things of like um, these conferences that happen, and again, this is, it can be a privilege because they cost a lot of money. So hopefully you'll, Company will help you go there, but but they're hundred percent worth going to just for the networking that happens at these events. I've you know I've met so many people that I'd never have met online if I'd literally stayed in that bubble. And if you stay in work, that's even the smaller bubble, right? there's only (laughs) like so many of you. I guess a question I have: I've decided that my company is not doing enough. That's what it's not. That's not really what I'm saying in my company. I'm just saying in general. I've the question. (laughs) I've decided <laughs> that it's, we're not doing enough and I want to start, you know, helping the company explore D&I. Do you have any resources or do you know any, any organisations or courses or do you know global, anything that is a good place to point people towards in this area?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think... Well, me personally, I'm part of a few Slack channels that are exactly this. So um there are a few uh places where I think I was speaking to someone on LinkedIn and she was part of it. So she invited me. And and yeah, there are so many different Slack channels that I think you can join, um, have conversations, meet new people, like I said. Um I think that's that's of course a good place to to start foot foot. If I'm honest, because I think that's where you're going to learn about different aspects, meet new people and see exactly what what we mm-hmm. can do more.
0: OK, yeah. Um, If you happen to know if you want to share any links to those, I'll definitely yeah. put them um, on the channel yeah. um, as well, because that'd be really awesome.
1: Yeah, um, as well. Another one I just remembered, there's a, an article that McKinsey wrote. I think it's called Women in the Workplace um and okay. that's really interesting for it doesn't just talk about well of course the focus is women in the workplace but it talks about diversity from different angles um there is uh actually i think uh there's an author that i read a book she i can't remember the name and i'm not doing her any justice here um i'll find <laughs> it the book's called lean in um and it's by cheryl sandberg she actually has a few talks on uh ted talks uh, about it as well and she's created like some it's like a community um where people can lean in and speak about different aspects i can share a link as well afterwards but mm-hmm. yeah she's done some really really great talks you know about why women are held back um and how we could kind of lean in to, to kind of get get more out of it so yeah I'll, i can share some more links afterwards and you could put it in the podcast notes but yeah those are a few off the top of my head which i've benefited from and i've seen other people benefit from as well
0: no, awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely, definitely be reading that book. I've just added it to my list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really good. Um, a little while ago, we were just talking about um what can you do as an individual to put yourself in front of other people. But what if you are someone that's finding that they're struggling to get into like a leadership level within organisations? Like what can we what can you do and what can we do to help in those scenarios? Right
1: yeah yeah i think definitely you know putting yourself forward for a lot more um in this and and i don't mean doing more and and kind of not you know you know i I don't mean like just doing more than your (laughs) job title so to speak um yeah i mean you know it could be the case where putting yourself forward for you know different activities um because it could be the case i think a lot of the time you know a promotion might not come from your own manager right it could come from another team or another hiring manager who's also looking for a lead so I think putting yourself out there in different situations to meet new people and and within your organization right it could be a company sports day or a company you know go you know grabbing a coffee at a different coffee station in the office I think putting yourself (laughs) in different situations whereby you can meet other people who are the decision makers because it Mm -hmm. could be the case your manager right now is just not going to promote you right um not the case right I'm sure but They just might not need a lead. Um, So you might need to kind of put yourself out of your comfort zone and and maybe go and speak with other people. Um, Mm -hmm. I think as well, another good thing as well is a lot of people are, I guess, maybe scared to move on. Um, I see a lot of people just, I guess, sticking within a a role or waiting for that promotion to come. Like I said, it might not come from your own company, from your own team, um, but putting yourself in a situation outside of that whereby that could happen. Um, I think mm-hmm. as well. Also speaking up, saying you know, not I deserve a promotion, right? But it could be the case whereby you have a one-on-one with your manager and you say, "Hey, I'm doing this. Um, I feel like I should be entitled to this. You know, is that possible here? Um, you're not giving them a, an ultimatum, right? But I think often I do find that you know, underrepresented groups are, are fairly scared to have a conversation, or they don't want to come across in a certain way, or whatever the case may be, right? Um, but how else are we going to get there? Um, so I think putting myself in that conversation and saying I would like this I'm not being I don't feel satisfied where I am now is this possible I think having those conversations and being open to them is really important as well
0: yeah I think um as you point out there um just one aspect in your one-to-ones is definitely a great way to approach it right because it's a usually at companies a one-to-one um situation is very helpful in pushing you towards your career path through that bit through that company or business, right? So giving them a clear, I want to progress. Yeah. What do I need to get there? Is always a good conversation to have. And it forces the the individual on the other end to actually think about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, as well. So I think I think if anything, I'd always say as a as a tech leader, I'd always say definitely bring it up in your one-to-one straight away. Just set your expectations. With your leadership of what what your career plans are and where you want to go, and just get them to help you list out the steps to get there. I think it's yeah. always a great great thing to do.
1: Yeah, because like everything, um, right? People may not know you want that 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 promotion, right? So you have to say, 100%. yeah, yeah. yeah. And they might feel they might think, oh, well, she's comfortable in that role, or you know, he does he even want to progress? So I think actually mm-hmm. saying this is what I want to do. How am I going to get there? What do I need to do? Um is really
0: important I think yeah because I think there's there was a few years back where I can't remember who was arguing it or where but it was it was always it was about the the page the pay gap between men and women yeah and then there was statistics out there that you know how much of these statistics you believe but you know there was one that like men tend to ask for promotions more so they get more promotions or they tend to ask for raises more so they get more raises so I think the one thing I took away from that when that was happening was if that's true, then everyone else needs to just start asking. Yeah. (laughs) But again, like, there's that history of being afraid to ask, I guess, because of the pushback that's happened. So I think we just, I think, personally, that we just need to all get better at just asking for what we want, and, (laughs) you know, go from there.
1: that's like everything in life right like i said if you don't ask (laughs) my mom says, if you don't ask you won't get um so i think always just ask and the worst they can say is no uh and yeah it sounds really bad but you're already in the position for them to say no right because you're not in that leadership role so even if they say no that's where Mm -hmm. you are already so it's not that you're going to be pushed back further you're just not going to be where you might want to be um so
0: Yeah. yeah
1: i think having no is 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 not a bad thing, and looking at ways you can make sure you get that yes is 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 important.
0: I think personally as well. I think there's a safety in a no because yeah, what I think a no gives you is the power to know that they're not they're not interested for whatever that question is. Right, they've decided they don't want to deal with it, so that gives you the freedom and the power to go. I will go somewhere else that's willing to do that. But until you ask that question, you're never going to know. Whether that's the case, right? And then you could just be sitting around for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. Hoping I mean, for the best.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, in my role, right, I speak with so many engineers at all different levels. Um, and I think from so I've been speaking with a lot of CTOs and VPs of engineering. Uh, lot recently, of course, for my podcast, uh, encouraging more women to get into tech. Um, and I think what I've seen from from these women is they just ask. Um, and a lot of what I've been saying, you know, how did you get to where you are? Well, they had to move on from companies that that didn't see them progressing. So that's one thing. But they had to ask for those promotions, right? They have to say, they have to kind of Mm -hmm. have a voice. You can't unfortunately sit there and be quiet because that's where you kind of get lost in the company. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think from what I've seen, and and a lot of progression does happen just from speaking up. Um, So, yeah, for sure. Actually, I'm speaking with a lady right now amazing amazing engineer she's actually moving from her current company um for an even better package and even better um opportunity elsewhere and I think having that courage to be okay uh to move on and be okay Mm -hmm. to ask is really important
0: yeah and then I think like um there's the opposite of that as well is that as a leader it's you should be encouraging that kind of environment of people being able to just come and ask questions and they should if it isn't no. I think you should have a no of a reason and you should go back with a reason and that will help. But you should never just be creating an environment where you just shut people down and say, no, move on, let's carry on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it may not be a no right, it could be a not right now. Um but here's not what... right now. That's yeah. <laughs> but but it it could be you know, here's reasons or here's how you can make it sooner than what you might think. So yeah, it's it's a no is not a bad thing, like you said, it's a safe place for you to work on a lot
0: more mm mm-hmm. we we briefly touched a minute ago on uh things that I could do to bring uh, into the organization um DNI and how I could start that kind of you know implementation into the business but do you think that there are kind of like any um potential challenges that as an individual who's trying to bring that to the table could come across when when that happens
1: yeah i mean there are always challenges right and i think often um as a as a leader right you know a tech lead you of, often have a someone above you as well right um so it could be the case mm-hmm. as as a leader you go to your manager and say i think this is important um here's what i want to do um to help with this issue um they might say no right and that's absolutely okay Um, but I think it's, like I said, it's all about having that environment whereby you can still have those conversations and people can still come to you. Um, I think as a leader, you should look at your team as like somewhat a mini company in that, in, in that sense, um, Mm -hmm. whereby everyone in there feels comfortable to come to you and they might not be comfortable to come to anyone else above them. Uh, but I think that challenge is, is having that conversation in itself. There might be a no, um, and it could be the case someone says, no, we're not having that. We're not pushing that forward. Um, but often it is a yes. So I think you need to be that voice for the people in your team that do see the benefit in that. So, yeah, I think the challenge could be that it would be shut down by, by someone else. Right. But I think you need to be that person to kind of push those things forward. Otherwise, it won't change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. percent agree with you there. I know that you said you ha- you've mentioned a few times that you have a blog. Um, uh, sorry, a podcast. Can you just quickly let us know what that podcast is about? Because I want I one hundred after I've listened to a few episodes after meeting you and I definitely want you to come back on to this podcast again in the future. Um, maybe with one of your guests. Um, because I would I'd like you guys to bring a woman's approach to this conversation <laughs> that yeah. I'm trying to achieve. <laughs> um so I definitely want you guys to come on at some point and talk about women in tech. So do you want to just quickly give five minutes on what your your podcast is about?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. So my podcast is, is called Women Talk Tech. Uh, and I guess that the main aim of it is to encourage more women in the tech space to talk a lot more about it. Um, whether we talk about our challenges, we talk about what we love about the tech space, we talk about how we've achieved what we have done. I think having that conversation, you know, I think a lot of women tend not to speak about it you know you mentioned that men ask for pay rises more um than, than women mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be so i think the podcast really is is aimed to share the successes of women in the tech space of all areas whether you're an engineer or someone like myself who's helping more women to get into the space that's what it's aimed at um and i think that i guess my main goal really is to not just share the challenges i don't want the podcast to be quite doom and gloom i don't want to just talk about the low numbers <laughs> about women in tech because mm-hmm. If, if you hear such bad things, how would any other person want to get involved? So, yeah, I think the main yeah. aim really is mm-hmm. to, to kind of really shed a light on why more women should be in the tech space and why more women should actually stay in the tech space. Um, so whether that's working towards a leadership role, like you mentioned, right, um, or working to that CTO or even founding your own tech company. Um, I think tech is a really exciting place to be in. So I, I hope my podcast is showing that and showing that women can be there. And yes, it, yes, you may be the only female engineer there, but there will be others coming.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Yes, 100% need to have you come back and we should do a whole episode on just women in tech in general. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can arrange that. Yeah, so in a second, I'm going to ask you to plug everywhere people can find you online. But before that, one thing I like to do with all the guests is I like to ask you to recommend a book, just one book that if you're on a desert island and you have one book to recommend to people to read, it doesn't have to be tech related, it can be Mm. life, it can be just your favourite novel, but I think what I'm trying to do is on the website eventually I'm going to build like a bookcase of just all the books that everyone's recommended, so you can take a moment to think that. Yeah, i was Sorry, about to say I'm thinking
1: so. now because I, I I'm such a good reader, but I read <laughs> literally from like self help to absolute thrillers.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you could you could always pick one from each section. So I think last week someone said like here is my fiction of choice, but here is my non fiction of choice. So yeah,
1: um, <laughs> so yeah. I I like I said I read from thrillers to self help books. I think one book that I've really really loved is. Um, atomic habits um by yeah great book. yeah has anyone recommended it already
0: no but I've, I've got that sitting up on the shelf somewhere but i can't see it uh, oh. which is being annoying
1: amazing yeah so my boss actually recommended yeah. me to read it um and i i like said, i've read thrillers before and i've never I, I was in i was kind of stepping into that kind of realm of books, but never really kind of got it stuck mm-hmm. into it. But I think, yeah, if you've not read it before, definitely, definitely, definitely grab it. I think it just looks at ways you can build habits for all aspects of your life. Um and I think yeah. for me, um, that was really good because I was able to apply it to so many different aspects, whether that was work, relationships, family, um, you know, going to the gym, it was just ways we can make small differences in a, in my life that will have a massive impact. Yeah. Um and I think that's mm-hmm. that for me. I think if i'm going to read a self-help book it needs to be very practical and i think for me it was really practical good clear takeaways and i think yeah definitely definitely
0: would give it a read for sure yeah no i've i've read atomic habits uh i think it's by james clear james I think. Miller, yeah uh, and he's done a cut yeah he's done a few other follow-ups as well i think uh if i remember correctly but yeah yeah, i definitely definitely a great book
1: yeah and i think um, for me, whenever you look at making a small change you what making any change you focus on the on the massive thing like oh I want to to kind of buy a house in five years time and the house is the main focus and for me that's a massive goal for me but I think I was not looking at the small things I could be doing day to day to help me get that I was like house I was on the right move every day you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I think we all just naturally have that that problem in general is we we always are not I guess we don't necessarily take the time to appreciate the little steps that it takes to get to where you're going. And, so yeah. you know, you're just willing to just jump straight there. So, yeah, no, definitely a great book. Uh, I'll definitely add that to the list. Yeah. 100%. And did you say you had one called Split the Difference?
1: Yeah, Never Split the Difference as well. Um, That is by Chris Boss. Um, and Never Split the Difference. Yeah, Never Split the Difference. Um, It also is called Negotiating as if Your Life Depended on It. Um I love
0: okay. It. Yeah,
1: it's really, really good. It's actually by a former FBI uh, hostage negotiator. Uh and he just gives, I would say, again, probably really, really practical habits. I think there were nine, uh nine principles um to help you succeed um and negotiate. And I think mm-hmm. for me negotiating is part of my job right um but equally um, yeah. I negotiate when I go to the supermarket or you know everywhere you get a chance I think it's really good <laughs> you know when you go to the market and they're like oh yeah 10 pound I'm like no you know do it for seven. Oh, okay I'll do it for eight do it for you know come on so I think you know having yeah. that skill set to just know when to do it and how to do it I think that was really good I think yeah like the Chris Boss uh and Tal Raz um yeah, really, really good.
0: Cool. I will add that one on as well then. Yeah. So thank you, honestly, for coming on to the podcast. Diversity and inclusion is something that I need to spend a lot more time delving into. Um, I've only done a few simple courses that the companies have provided over the years, but I feel like it's a deeper topic that I need to actually go out and spend more time exploring. Um, so I appreciate the time coming on to talk about that. For anyone listening, where can everyone find you online?
1: Yeah, yeah. So of course, uh, my full name is Charday Tanemoyz. Uh, check me out on LinkedIn. Um, I often do kind of write different posts about, you know, women in tech, about you know how to you know navigate interviews. So yeah, all different aspects of posts. But yeah, um, also my podcast is on Spotify. It's called Women Talk Tech. Um, you can find us up on Spotify uh, or on YouTube on our company page. So in Parla Search um so yeah check it out um really really interesting and and we also have some some exciting guests planned um so yeah i think if there are any women listening who are struggling to break into leadership in the tech world or even just you know looking to become an engineer um definitely check out the podcast because i hope it has some practical tips for women to get into the tech space
0: love it and once again thank you for coming on
1: no thank you aaron for having me super super great conversation (laughs)
0: Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Sade. Thank you for making it all the way to the end of this podcast. If you like this conversation, can you do me a big favour? And can you share the podcast and like it on the platform of your choice and even leave a review? It really does help us reach a wider audience. And finally, once again, if you're a tech leader and would love to come and have a conversation with me about a subject you're passionate about, please email me via contact at techleadershipdecoder.com and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks again. Bye.